I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Tonight's episode, we're going to preview round one, and we're going to have an interview with Ben Bear. This episode is brought to you by Patreon, because we couldn't do this without our amazing followers and community. No, seriously, I, I mean that. That's not a joke. I'm really appreciating everything that happens with Patreon, and we have some great updates for you in this episode. Uh, it's also brought to you by the community at MLSFantasyBoss.com and uh, the amazing people over at Reddit who help support everything that we do. You guys are awesome. So blessed to be a part of this great community. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, uh, Blaine Riffle. We don't have Mike tonight, uh, for real. He's not going to join us late, so Mike's off tonight, so we have Blaine. But we'd like to welcome, for real this time, after a, a weird scheduling conflict in our first preseason episode, Ashley Savage from Switch the Pitch. How are you all doing tonight? I'm doing well, Reed. Awesome. Thanks for having me back. Not a problem. It's a pleasure, as always, to have you. Uh, we're going to start this episode right now because I know those of you listening on the podcast are, are here to get the word straight from Ben. If you joined us live, then you, you heard this right before we actually uh, started the show, but we're going to pause right now and listen to our interview with Ben Bayer. Do you hear Ben? I am here. Fantastic. Uh, we are glad you could join us. I was just telling everybody on YouTube that uh, we were getting you set up. We've got 14 people watching with us right now, so we're really happy to have you join us tonight. Awesome. I'm happy to be here as always. Great. Uh, so I've got some questions set up for you. Of course, we've got Blaine and Ashley with us here tonight on the show, and we might open it up. Uh, if anybody in chat wants to send us some questions, if we can, we'll uh, we'll get those asked to Ben. Uh, I know we don't want to take up too much of his time tonight. Uh, so uh, let's see. We'll just start out with something easy for you, Ben, because uh, everybody That's wants it. to know. Uh, it's, it's Well, it's, you know, we try. We try to keep it easy. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, the big talking point this year are the changes to the fantasy game. And we just want to know, let's start out with that. What motivated the game changes this year? Uh, I think, you know, I think we tried an experiment uh, putting the season into spring and fall um, in a way to, you know, encourage, you know, people to sign up halfway through the year and maybe, you know, give reason more of a reason for people to stick around throughout the year. Ultimately, uh, that experiment didn't, you know, didn't, we didn't get the results that we were looking for. Um, so, you know, a lot of different things were, were talked about uh, in the off season. Um, and, you know, this Champions League idea came, you know, it's not, I'll be honest, not for me. I think I said this before. Um, it's from our, you know, our, our good development team and James and Cole um, came up with it. And, you know, they're the ones who, decided to push it forward with the Champions League. Um, you know, the other the other two big changes were, you know, stuff that you guys have been talking about, you know, all the Reddit community, all the MLS fantasy community has been talking about, you know, for a few years and you know, stuff we always, you know, take, you know, whatever the fans are saying into account and when we're talking about a new season. 
Um, you know, and we bandied that about and it seemed to have pretty universal, not completely universal, but, you know, I think a lot of fantasy managers um, wanted these kind of, wanted the, the fixed budgets and the, you know, maybe a little change to double game week. You know, I think there's double game weeks have always been an issue. Um, and we've tried different things over the years to make sure that people, you know, the double game weeks didn't mess with everybody, every, you know, didn't mess with everybody always. And with the increase in double game weeks that we've seen over the past couple of years, you know, I think this was a good solution uh, to have, you know, increase the strategy a little bit more. Um, I think it also helped. Well, also while increasing the strategy does help with, you know, people who are kind of new to the game as well. So what I'm hearing you can confirm is Blaine, sorry, it was not you that motivated these changes. It was actually everybody else. It was no no, yeah. No no advice was taken from Blaine at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. Uh-huh. Uh well I'll ask one more before I let uh Blaine or Ashley come in here. Just what what was either your favorite change that we have, or both, your favorite change this year, or maybe a change that you pushed for that you really were excited about that didn't get to to roll out this year? I mean, I, I loved the Champions League. When it was first brought to me, I was pretty excited about it. Uh, you know, I think we have, you know, it's basically, we have the, we're back to having the full, you know, the full overall season, which I think a lot of people liked. Um, but we also have these little mini seasons uh, throughout the entire MLS season, breaking it up um, and giving a lot of people chances to win, you know, what I consider probably a lot of money. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I think that's always fun. And, you know, breaking the season up and giving people, you know, once week seven starts, it's basically the whole new season if you want it to be. And if it's not, and if you don't, then, it, then it's not. So uh, I think that was just a fantastic idea that, you know, that our guys came up with. Yeah, uh, Blaine, Ashley, you all want to ask a question real quick? I was actually struggling to find questions. Um, I got, well, I, got I got plenty more. So. Yeah, I, wow. I, I, lo- I love the that's, changes, Ben. I, I'm grateful for everything you guys do, and I really don't have any questioning about the system this year. Wow. That, um, that is that, that, that's good. good to hear, slash I'm a little concerned. Well, well then I'll go <laughs> on with a third question. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and it's a, a mechanics question that I've seen a few people ask about. Uh, people are, are figuring out the 125. It's been fun to see some early teams shared out there. But the question I keep mm-hmm. seeing happening, and I wasn't 100% sure myself, is what happens if you forget to change your team and the next week due to value changes you exceed 125? Will it swap out players from your bench to get to the 125? Or will you have an invalid team? Or what will happen in that situation? I'm going to be honest. I, I, I don't. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I'm sure, you know, James and our, our provider would know the answer to this question, and I can get that. Uh, James is actually slacking me right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's uh, awesome. The, He's in our chat. The team, the team invalidates at the end of every week is what he's saying to me. I'm not 100% with that, sure what that means, actually. But that's what, he's, that's what he's slacking me right now. That's pretty funny. Invalidate that end of uh, end of week, not end of every week. There we go. So At the end of the week, you wouldn't count. Yeah. Uh, and of course, since you did point this out, we have a, a new follower on Twitter that we want to say uh, hello to. He's in chat with us right now. Reed Ferguson is right here, and and Ben, you alerted everyone that we have have a, a famous follower I mean, now. 
everyone loves long snappers, don't they? Everybody, everybody loves long snappers. I, my I, I guy, had a great friend from high school who did that. My guy James Durth was like the Jets long snapper for like 15 years or something like that. Everyone loves long snappers. They're like, if they're like, you could almost make a football like an NFL team if you're like really good at long snapping. Anybody could do it. Well, his question you know, for you, you know, obviously. Obviously, the Reed Ferguson, obviously, he's very special and talented, but... Of course. You know, those guys who don't always look like football players on NFL. <laughs> well, we'll get his question out here. He wants to know, who are your season keepers, regardless of their price or their fixture? Do you have any right now? I don't think you can have, have any. You know, I think you always have to look at the matchup. The matchup is the number one thing for me. You know, you always have those players, you know, Vela, Lodero, that was one of those players for me. Um that you know you're going to put in your team and then if you see a matchup that you don't like um, maybe you pull them out you know but considering where the budgets are these days you know for the first you know it's probably gonna be 10 12 weeks uh theoretically i think those guys are probably going to be in your team every week you know I, I i never really defenders you never can never really just put a defender in every week because there really isn't a team in mls that you know you know let's go back to this or Blaine like this, you know, 2013 SKC that's, you know, conceding less than a goal, less than a goal a game, you know. Most teams are at least above, at least a little bit above that, and there's always those matchups um, that can mess with teams. So, there's no defenders, the same thing applies to goalkeepers, and, uh, you know, as far as forwards and midfielders, I think that Ladero with the amount of time he gets on the ball and the, and the numbers he puts up, obviously he's coming uh, into the season with a little bit of a knock, but I'm um, confident you know maybe he'll i'm sure he'll play and if he's not week two you know he'll be in my lineup um and then bell i think you just have to ride him until he shows that he's not going to be the best player we've ever seen in mls i think that you know and or if he's playing i don't actually there is no matchup for vela that i wouldn't play him right now (laughs) so so always vela is still a thing maybe not always captain we'll see what happens no but i i think yeah i think that's where it's going to be a little more strategy too like you i think you're going to have to be a little bit more matchup based with your captain pick because I mean, you can't you can't expect Vela to put up the kind of numbers he did last year but if he even gets close to that uh it would still be worth having him on your team every week so we've had a few questions in our chat about price changes and i know we're going to get james to come on the show either next week or the week after whenever he's free whoa i don't know about that that's you, amazing you didn't know well, he, he he's i mean he's in chat right now so uh if, if he forgot I know. then he's he's on notice but uh-huh it is there any early early information you can give about how price changes work? I thought that having someone come in next week when we had numbers in hand would make it easier, but people are just wondering how our player price changes are going to work, especially with the new double game week mechanic that we have. So we haven't really talked about this a lot publicly, um, but price changes are going to be a little bit different this season. Uh, instead of having a cap of $0.5 million every week, the cap is now... Uh, a million every week so we're going to see a little bit bigger price rise and falls what we've seen when we're looking at the data and we you know we we, we use examples and we go back um is that it's a little bit it'll match up a little bit closer um to what the how the players performing you know in the last game the last two games uh and it'll catch up a little bit quicker the, the thing we saw when looking at the data from the past couple of years is that Sometimes it would lag a little bit uh, in terms of the player prices. So a player would have a really good game, and the price wouldn't his price wouldn't catch up until the week after or two weeks after. 
and we saw that as kind of a little bit of an issue. We wanted the we wanted it to catch up a little bit quicker. So now, well, excellent. That's what we wanted to hear, uh, and I know that we'll get some more of that next week. But I think that's some good information for everyone to start with. Ashley, did you have a question that I cut you off a second ago? No, you you didn't cut me off, but I do have a question. It's kind of more of a long term question, and I've seen a lot of this on Twitter and and people I talk to too. How do you see MLS being involved in the near future with MLS Fantasy? Like, do you have any aspirations or ideas of MLS Fantasy being as involved obnoxiously as you know fantasy football is with NFL to that level or anywhere in between? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I've personal aspirations for to see it keep on growing yeah. uh I'm, i i mean i i can't speak for what you know my bosses think of everything that we do yeah. um but obviously i i want to see it see it grow as much as possible um i think you know obviously fantasy gaming all that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. is i think a growth opportunity for the league uh so i hopefully you know it'll continue to grow and we'll see what we'll see where it goes, but, you know, I, th- I think we kind of go through this uh, every year and, you know, I, we definitely have our, you know, a base of fans and, um, and we love them and we're always trying to grow, um, get more people into the game and get more people into, into the league. Yeah. And my big challenge for everyone listening this year is to really send messages to your team on Twitter or any kind of social media. Cause I think that's where the biggest opportunity for us to grow is, is to get that grassroots effort from the teams going. Mm-hmm. So, so do yeah. it. Hashtag MLS fantasy, yeah. uh, hashtag Weeby wooden spoon, anything you want to do to get it going. I think that's what it is. Uh, so weeby, weeby, weeby. that's why the Weeby wooden spoon. We should, we should really make that a thing oh, this yeah. year. Yeah, I think that's definitely what it needs to be from now on. Yes, yes, engraved. Alliteration at least has it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, of course. I mean, that's the one of the biggest reasons we love having you here is because you work for MLS, and I th- I have to ask for everyone, and maybe I ask this every year, but I know I asked Bobby this when he joined us last year. Do you think that you have an advantage being someone who analyzes soccer for a living? in playing fantasy or do you find that you can overthink your fantasy picks because of your job? Oh, I definitely overthink my pick. <laughs> one number one. You know Regardless. I I'm watching, you know, almost every game every week and, you know, I'm seeing things and I have to realize sometimes, hey, it's MLS literally anything can happen in any game for the most part. Uh, and I just, you know, maybe assume outcomes or assume this thing's going to happen a little too often. Uh, obviously, I do think there is, you know, it's a trade-off. I think there's obviously an advantage, uh, you know, living, breathing. My whole life revolves around MLS almost. <laughs> uh, and basically, you know, I know every player on every team. I know up-to-date on injuries. I'm up-to-date on who's out, you know, and I'll, you know, I'm, kind of, I'm up-to-date on what the coaches are saying about their players and, you know, who's going to get a surprise started and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I'm able to be into that more than I think any, any, even the hard, you know, even the biggest fans uh, may not, you know, grasp everything that I can because obviously a lot of our fans in there, you know, all of you guys are fans of specific teams and you're really into this. I know obviously like Blaine as a huge KC fan, he knows everything about KC, but maybe he doesn't know everything about uh, Colorado <laughs> or, or all that kind of stuff. Uh so, yeah, obviously it's an advantage, but yeah, that, there's no question I overthink everything. 
So, being you are this insider, are there any fantasy sleeper picks that you are willing to share with everyone listening right now? Uh, I'm not that... Preseason has been a little bit difficult for me this year. So I'm not as... I don't think I'm as prepared for the season as I usually am. So it's kind of like... I'm kind of in a tough spot right now. I think I have a grasp of... You know, I have like a Google sheet with all... And I think Doyle put in put all this in one of his columns recently. But you know, with all the depth charts and everything. So I have like what I think it's all gonna look like. But uh looking over some of the preseason lineups, I think it pretty much matches up with where we think everything is. I think, you know, I think Kai Wagner being out uh this week there's definitely an opportunity uh to get a I think Matt Riel is probably four point five uh in the game that's gonna be a good probably good option this week. I forgot who Philly's I think they're playing Orlando. Orlando's going to be without Nani because he's suspended, so right. that might be a, a, a good option. Uh, but outside of that, you know, I think you have to be aware just of the CCL teams, um, especially if they get through. I think there's a big chance that a lot of those teams press players, so there's going to be a ton of opportunities uh, to get – not that you even have to get low-priced options anymore, uh, but just players that may be a little bit under the radar. I think you should be aware of those five teams. Uh, and see, and, you know, and see where they are. Okay, I've got two more questions, and then we'll let you go. We'll get on with this, unless Blaine or or actually has something. Uh, first, we have Miami and Nashville joining us this year. Which one mm-hmm. of those two teams do you think will see more fantasy success? Hmm. I think Nashville has the opportunity to be really defensive. Mm-hmm. So I think you could see some. You know, Walker Zimmerman do really well. Dave Romney, all their defenders have a chance at uh, putting up some numbers. I'm not so high on how many, you know, they may not, you know, if they hit 40, 45 goals, it's not a ton. Uh, so I'm not so sure about that. But I think Miami's kind of an open book right now. We don't really know anything about what we've seen, like, lineups from, like, one preseason game. Uh, we don't really – they lost their striker. Uh, Pizarro is, we don't know exactly what he's going to do. I think a little bit of a question mark, but I think you can count on Nashville, you know, throw in a shit, you know, five, six, seven shutouts throughout the season. That can be an opportunity to get some points. All right. Blaine, Ashley, before my final question, anything else from you for Ben? And nothing for me. Nothing from Blaine? Nothing, yeah, Ashley? questions are good. I'm, I'm good. All right. My final wow, question is- for you. Uh, yeah. You see, it's Mike's like the not easiest, here. Uh, yeah, well, that's yeah, that's that's one that's one reason why it's like the easiest uh, MLSFI interview ever done. Uh, Mike's like, I, I feel like I wonder if there's anything I should be asking for Mike, but uh, I think we'll save that for James next week. Yeah, he can. Then he I'll say this. Yeah, save it, save it for James. Give it all to James. That, that'll be great. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to derail this positive momentum I'm seeing with fantasy by they don't. questioning too much and making you second guess what you're doing. I really do appreciate everything you guys do and i'm really happy for this season to start all right my final question then so we can end with also positivity what final words of advice would you give to anyone who is listening to this show right now in the future and is new to fantasy for this year uh pick all the best players a lot (laughs) (laughs) pick good winning is winning that's winning encourages winning can i kind of piggyback off that Sure. Mm-hmm. So one question I get a lot from people that start is, where do you focus 
and I think everyone kind of has their own answer, but like with this fixed budget, I do feel like, you know, looking at matchups and stuff, you're going to have to be forward or midfield focused or defensive focused with how like player prices are going to rise, but the budget's going to stay the same. So do you have an opinion on, you know, with that fixed budget, where would you suggest new players? I think eventually, uh, Defenders are going to get start to get pricey. Yeah. And I think you can always find bargains with defenders, and there'll be defenders whose maybe prices don't rise. So I think you should be focusing a lot of your – once we get into the later parts of the season, I think you should be focusing on uh, making sure you get the best forwards and the, you know, the high-volume midfielders, as many of those as you can. Uh, and I would always – I personally just kind of crapshoot with defenders and try and find shutouts here and there. Um, and just get the best forwards, get Vela, get Lodero, get all those, you know, he's a midfielder, but, you know, get the best forwards and midfielders on your team. Yep. All right. Well, there we go. Ben, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know we're all looking forward to another great season and winning some cash money prizes. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you. See ya. Bye. And there we go. That was a great interview. Uh, thanks, everyone. Who, who joined for that again. Um, what do you all think about that opportunity to talk with Ben? Some good information? Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's kind of like how it's made. It's nice to listen to, to someone who helps build it, talk about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ben's been uh, really great. Everybody at MLS has been really great to, to help partner with us during the show over the past few years and, and come and answer some questions. And we're hoping to have some more people on the show last week. I, I keep mentioning James, James Ballow, and he likes to tease me on Discord and on Twitter being like, you're dropping my name dropping. And yes, yes, I am. Because <laughs> we like having uh, just this great connection with MLS and people willing to talk to us. And we'll be excited to have James join us next week, I think, is the goal. And as you heard, I think Ben mentioned him during his interview. He helped with some of the back end, helped with some of pushing for these changes. So He'll be able to answer more about price changes, and I scheduled him uh, purposefully after round one so that we actually had player numbers mm -hmm. and price changes so that he could talk more to us about that with real-life examples. So be sure to tune in next week, uh, same time, same YouTube channel, to, to, to hear more about uh, the price change system with an MLS this year. Um, but we've got uh, a question first that came to us from Reddit that I want to have uh, you two answer now because before we move on i want to talk about general strategies for fantasy and ashley you had a great lead into this uh, at the end of your last your last question to ben and uh, this comes from gmin mls and uh gmin says is it a good idea to build a team with some value remaining in the bank so that even if you miss the deadline in the next round probably your team still remains valid if it's higher uh, that's an interesting strategy. So the two-part question for you all is answer G-Men's question and also what is your strategy going into round one for MLS this season? And we'll start with Blaine because, Ashley, you really look like you're thinking about this one hard. G-Men, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if, you're, if you're worried about missing lineups, yeah, I could see that being a safety play. Um, I We've always advocated for playing it safe if you know you can't hit a lineup. If you can, if you know you're going to miss them, leave a leave a little bit in the bank. That way, if your players do rise, you're not getting them all kicked off your lineup. But generally, I don't recommend that. I always try to make the best use of the money. 
Um, I will say, though, to start the season, I know Mike was talking with us last week before the show. He had about $8 million in his first draft. I'm sitting looking at my draft with about $7.5 million sitting there. And that's because I've got the players I want. Um, now, in this draft, I'm also running a lot of a ruse. Um, and I think that's going to be your big, big difference maker to start this season is what a ruse are you running? I'm running three uh, tr- uh, true switcheroos. I'm not even running auto ruse. I don't want my bench to come in. I want to see those early scores. Did, did you just say um, a triple switcheroo? I'm running three switcheroos, not a triple switcheroo. Oh, three okay. switcheroos. Okay. Okay. I've got I've got three I've got three field players on the bench, and I want to see those scores before I do anything else. They all happen to be from the same team, and they all happen to be in the first game of the weekend. Um, I'm going to get to see those scores before anybody kicks off. If I don't like them, I've got seven and a half million, and I've only got two 4.0 players on the field that I can switch out. That's a six million defender and a nine point five million midfielder at those spots. That's huge. I mean, I can go, I can put in Matt Hedges or Walker Zimmerman at the after I see the first score if I want to. Like, yeah, and that's not normal for this early in the year. Um, so that's the big thing I can I can say. Figure out those early games that you're that you like. Figure out those guys that you're not a hundred percent sold are going to have a good game. And if you are 100% sold, you may still put them on the bench, but get those early scores locked in. If you like them, like I've got Ladero in my lineup hoping he plays. But if all three of my bench guys hit with Ladero being questionable, I'm going to pull him right away. Yeah. It's just that's the way, that's kind of the way you've got to play this with all this money because you can really run premium players on the bench and see what they do and switch into another premium player. If one of my defenders hits here, I can switch up and I can put in another 11.0 midfielder after I see that first game and feel confident that I'm not going to hurt myself by having another player there. So use your money wisely, but run those switcheroos and figure those out. And I will be talking about a lot of those in my player picks. Excellent. Ashley. I agree with Blaine to just answer that particular question that no, I would never, I, I don't plan to leave space just to prepare for the next week. I, I play the same way, you know, I'm going to put as much money as mu- many places as I can for that week. And then depending on who goes up or who goes down, adjust the following week. Um, I think that that's the, the smartest way to, to play it. Um, I also, I traditionally, most seasons, am usually a one switcheroo auto type of a person. But with this budget, three. But I think that with this slot budget, two autos is going to become like a must do um, because you just don't know who's going to hit and you don't know, you know, who you can afford and you're going to have to work with a lot of the, um, you know, kind of unused players. Um, I agree with Blaine too, that now more than ever, it's really important to look at the early games and have those players on your, I'm, you know, I'm doing the same thing this week just to kind of feel stuff out and I have my entire bench is players that play they want um, and I don't have any autoroos in right now just to see how those land and how they don't um, so I don't have to think too hard on a Sunday um, <laughs> my kids at soccer practice and all those things who I want to plug in from the Sunday games um, so I think autoroos are going to become even more important now I know for some new players those can be tricky and confusing so understanding when lineups come out 
you know, that someone, if you have a scrub that's even in the 18 find a different scrub, because we've all been burned from that before. Um, and I think that, that that whole concept of kind of tricking the system of auto is going to become even more important with this fixed mm -hmm. budget. Yeah, I think you guys mentioned some some good tactics. Uh, responding to a couple of the comments here in chat, uh, Josh mentioned that he's going with no names and players uh, that hit last season. I think that's the safest way to start the season, mm -hmm. frankly. Uh, you have players with a proven record. I'll be getting some mm -hmm. stats posted at uh, MLS Fantasy Boss if you want to check those out uh, later on this week. But I think that's a pretty solid way to, to build your team or at least build the core of your team. Uh, check out the preseason results. I've tried to keep up with some of those, but I, I agree with what Ben said. They, for The last couple of seasons, in my opinion, preseason has not been a mm -hmm. great source. Uh, I know I've been able to like find mm -hmm. a few more things uh, in the Three or four years ago, I've seen some players, so I'm like, you, yes, you. Like, I think it was Daigo Kobayashi when he came up here for Vancouver. I saw him in some yes. preseason games, and I was like, that man right there, round mm -hmm. one fantasy, like two goals. It was fantastic, or at least a goal and an assist. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen as much. Preseason's been hard for me for individual players, yeah. if that makes sense. It, it's kind of given me more of a taste of like, okay, I didn't think this team was going to be that well with these signings, but they look good in preseason. You know, there's some, like, players for who, were they going to start, were they not going to start, but they're starting in preseason, but not as much as past preseasons. Yeah. You know, there's no real, like, sleeper yeah. players coming out of preseason. Yeah, I yeah. think you're this right. Year's, this year's been weird, too. I was trying to keep up with some of the sporting scores, and I saw we started a second string and played second string 60 minutes against another team's first string. Yeah, because they just they decided to run them out opposites or whatever. I mean, miscommunication. Yeah. So when the, at the sixty minute switch, it was our first string going in and their second string coming on. So it was really hard to even gauge how to how to read either one of those two teams because yeah, that's not a that's not real game scenario. Yeah, it's good minutes and you'd expect both first strings to really beat up on the other team other side and that's kind of what happened and. It sucks when they do that because you can't get a good read headed into fantasy. Yeah, but good experience and, for the backup guys, though, for yeah. sure. And one final note, um, they were nice to us this year. All of the average scores from last year are still included in the player descriptions. Yeah. So if, you, if you're really struggling to pick guys and you don't know, like, if you're looking for that first week defenders, go find the guys who had a good average. And because it's still there and you can sort by average. And that's a great way to start building when you don't know who to pick. Pick the guys that had the good average last year and hope that it carries over. Yep. Yeah. The other thing I'm seeing in chat is people talking about switcheroos, which you both mentioned. I am pro switcheroo, always pro switcheroo. This, this podcast has been a big proponent of switcheroos from the beginning. Uh, I get the idea, though. If you have $125 million, getting back to G-Men's question, uh, I don't think you purposefully leave money on your bench this week anticipating the changes especially with what ben was saying with a little help from james that uh you your team will not instantly be kicked out for not having uh, for exceeding your budget at the beginning of the week you'll have time throughout the season thanks to our rolling lockout system in mls fantasy to make adjustments to your team to make you fit that budget so i i don't think having that buffer just to deal with player price rises is going to be necessary uh, because some players will also lose unless you're the most amazing fantasy player ever and you always pick the dream team every week if you are that player dm me because we want you on the show 
Um, <laughs> but I, most of us are not. That we're going to have some duds. We're going to have some some great guys, and so it'll probably balance out throughout the season. So I'm still pro switcheroo. I'm not going with three guys like Blaine says. Uh, I'm probably going to have a couple of players. That's my usual switcheroo setup. If you're a first time listener to this podcast and you have no idea what the switcheroo is. Uh, there is a video over at r slash fantasy MLS, the subreddit that uh, you can check out. I'll update that video for this season uh, and have something posted at MLSFantasyBoss.com as well. Uh, but basically it's just a way for you to preview, as Blaine was saying, preview scores before guys transfer to force transfers into your, your team. So I think having a couple of those set up is great. And uh, the last question, or the last comment I'll mention from chat, I'm seeing people are talking about defenders and how those are hard. Truth. Truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have the last last season in particular. I struggled with my defense, which has not always been the case for me. But it was hard. Uh, a lot of it. So expensive, right? Like you feel like you're yes. not throwing money away, but it, it, they feel so expensive towards the middle and end of the year. Yes. No. That's that's for sure. So a lot of it ends up being clean sheet hunting that happens with defenses. So if you do find a good defensive unit. Uh, go for that. Usually if I have a defensive switcheroo set up, it's so I can double down on somebody or a keeperoo set up so I could double down on a defensive unit. That's how I like to play that. Uh, otherwise, it's all about the bonus point generation. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a good center back that's getting a lot of clearances, blocks, interceptions, lots of those stats to get two or three bonus points around, that's going to be your bread and butter. If you can get a wing player who's going to be getting crosses and key passes, maybe assists or a goal every now and then, uh, that's going to be what you're going to look for for those types of players. Again, for me, like Josh was saying, especially on defense, I tend to lean back toward uh, the known commodities. Though there are a couple teams that are appealing, I hope we get into later on, that, that do have some nice defenses, I think, coming out of the gate this year. So um, the last thing I will say, and if you guys disagree, please speak up. I saw a lot of questions on Reddit and on Twitter, people asking about the ideal formation. And I really don't think there is an ideal formation. It, and that's the beauty of this new game. $125 million is your is your budget. You have switcheroos. You have keeperoos. You can make the team you want. So if you want to go mm-hmm. in heavy with defense because you have really good feelings about Columbus or Atlanta or somebody, like go in all on that. Get as many people as you can from that team. Make the formation that you think will give you the best score. And that's the point each week. Um, my personal preference with defense is I'm usually looking at a three-man back line with a fourth optional with a switcheroo. Mm-hmm. I like defenders to set up switcheroos, so that's usually where I, I skimp right there. Um, sometimes I'll do that with a forward if I don't like the forward options, but I'm usually running three in the back and then trying to maximize my offensive players. That's my general formation approach, but I don't think in any way, means, or form there is a, a must-have formation for round one or really any round caveat unless it's a super heavy... Uh, by week and you only have like a handful of teams like six mm-hmm. five or six teams eight wouldn't they never have five teams what are you talking about uh, if you had like six or eight teams then uh, then maybe that's going to lean you more towards a more cookie cutter thing but otherwise I don't think there's a formation any disagreement with that nope no. there we go all right, well, that's it for segment one right here. A uh, quick little little bit right there. A lot of the questions I saw from Reddit were really dealing with uh, player selections, and we're going to get into that in just a second. So uh, let's move on now to our housekeeping section. First housekeeping section of the season, and it's going to start out with our Patreon announcement. So I plugged at the beginning of the show our amazing Patreon followers. I've seen several of you in the chat right now. I'm going to give a quick... Hey to all the 
Patreon followers. And I misspelled that because I'm using a laptop off to the side so that my keys don't clicky-clack. Um, but Patreon, we had some updates to our Patreon this year. It's it's simply a way that people who listen to our show can help support us financially so that we can keep doing what we're doing, offering prizes, offering swag, paying for the hosting fees of this show. And we're so blessed, as I said, to have a great community that is that is still growing. If you want to learn more about that, go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And you can also learn about the updated tiers for support and the prizes you get with those. And I'm going to mention those right now. Uh, Sent a tweet out about it an hour or so ago before this podcast, if you're listening to us live. Uh, we have at, at our $5 tier, which is new this year, a very cool MLS FI koozie that comes with a little bottle cap opener. At our uh, $10 tier, we now also have a drawstring bag with the MLS FI logo on it right there. Uh, and of course, you get all the previous tiers items with that, so you also get the koozie. And then at our $15 a month tier element in uh, tier support element, what in the world? Um, <laughs> we I am going to be ordering MLSFI logoed mini soccer balls to to give to those to those supporters right there. Super cool. In addition to that, at our highest tier, you will be able to be a guest on this show, and that's super awesome. Uh, and you get an invite to our experts-only invitational head-to-head league for our uh, Patreon top tier. So it's an amazing thing. Also, all three of those tiers that I mentioned get an automatic invite to our private Discord channel just for the, the Patreon club is what we're calling it, just for our Patreon supporters. And that's going to be a place where you can chat amongst yourselves, chat with us, and I'll definitely be looking at that channel for questions uh, before the show starts. So if you want to make sure that uh, your question gets answered, post it there, and I will for sure see that question so um oh and of course everybody in our patreon gets entered into our patreon league and uh, that is in addition to the prizes at the end of the year we're going to have a monthly drawing for an mlsfi scarf just like this so um getting near the end of my scarf supply so i have enough starting next month to start giving out a scarf a month to one lucky mlsfi member so uh, lots of great options there a fantastic Community. So head over to that website and uh, check it out. Uh, let's get, mention a couple more leagues before we move on. Uh, over at MLSFantasyBoss.com, we have the MLS Fantasy Boss Network of Leagues posted. All three of those are prizes, which is the Patreon League, which I just mentioned, the MLS Fantasy Boss Official, and the r slash MLS Reddit League. Uh, each one of those is eligible for prizes. For the Fantasy Boss and the Reddit League, you do need to go and fill out the sign-up registration form so I have your email address because if I can't contact you, I can't give you a prize. And sometimes people are bad about that. It's it's baffling. But we give out gift cards to, uh, to MLS, 50 25 and uh, $15 gift cards to the MLS shop. Uh, you can't stack them up. Uh, we do try to give out awards to as many people as possible, but I am giving out gift cards again this year, so sign up for that. It's, it's an awesome awesome community there as well uh we also have some special discord leagues if you just want to join a community league i don't know if we'll be able to get prizes that one or not it's the first year but we have information for our discord chat leagues there which is a fantastic community as well a lot of the game's top players hang out there and are great about answering questions uh that's all that i have uh ashley you have a uh, another fantasy community that you are a part of i thought you might like to plug them in any leagues that you have yeah, we are just getting up and running with the Switch the Pitch official fantasy league. 
Um, I am taking over doing weekly fantasy advice articles um, that will go through our website and obviously through Twitter. Um, and so we have an open league that's just called Switch the Pitch Official. And some of our writers are learning how to play. Some of them have played a lot before. Uh, and we're really excited to get involved, you know, more with the with the fantasy MLS community through our platform. Are you going to be doing a podcast or is it just articles? So, great question. Uh, we've, we've started... Scoping out the competition. Yeah. No, we're not. Oh, I will be doing a podcast. <laughs> what would I talk about? I just listen to yours and then I record on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> we, we're definitely going to do a fantasy podcast. Uh, it's going to be enough for me with a three-year-old to write a fantasy article and a Sounders article every week, sometimes two, right? Um, but we are getting up and running with the Switch the Pitch uh, podcast just general podcast. Um, and just kind of working through this new transitional phase of rebranding from MLS female to switch the pitch uh, and getting everybody on board with their schedules. You guys know how it goes. Um, getting everybody on board with their schedules and yes. content and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, please do send that out. Uh, I'll put that up on our webpage at MLSFantasyBoss.com when you get it. And, of course, I'll retweet it. Uh, check out r slash MLS. We have a mega thread of leagues. So if you're looking for a league, that's the place to go check out. And the official MLS Twitter uh, had a, a tweet that went out where people could share their league. So check that out there. I know Skylar Redpath has a really cool league that you can join. It, it's a money league, which is not really common, I think, with the MLS community. But there's an entry fee for his league, and you can win some prizes and some cash with that. So check that out over uh, at DraftKicks if you want to learn more about Skylar's league. Now let's get on to the actual housekeeping stuff, and it's round one, so there's no real actual housekeeping stuff. Uh, this is not a double game week, this is not a bye week, though we do have a big bye week coming up, so uh, stay tuned for more of that information. The only thing you need to worry about, as Ben was saying, is CCL and uh, any injuries that may come from there, and some of the, the early suspensions like Nani that have, that have carried over. So just keep an eye on the CCL games. Let's see what happens there. Uh, I'm not sure how quickly we'll be able to get updated information from that into the game, but uh, we will try to help as much as we can with that. So, yeah, it's, it's the first season. Feel free so, to go nuts. Reed, go MLS was wonderful to us today. They actually lit, put out an article about the big injuries headed into week one. I didn't even look. I just, oh, I my looked. gosh. So, I'll just run through it here really quick. I'll take Mike's spot. Um, Nico Ladero for the Sounders um, has been questionable. He left with a hamstring hamstring issue. Um, they're thinking minor, but keep him on the radar. He's got a yellow dot now. He had surgery. So he oh. had surgery. Well, sorry. He had a procedure for hamstring tendonitis, which those words combined are not good. Uh, and so he was with the team. In training, no one on my side of things expects him to start week one. Uh, but what what we've been hearing is if he's in the 18 for CCL, then he might start. But most of the people that that I've spoken to and talked to in the science organization do not anticipate him to be here week one. And honestly, it could impact him weekly on a week to week basis throughout the season, depending on how serious that tendonitis is. So. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Atlanta's got Miles Robinson picked up a quad strain. 
Um, they're also saying Matias Rosetto is having visa issues and probably won't be available for Nashville. Um, Pablo Piatti for Toronto is mm -hmm. out at least a few weeks. Um, he had an ACL issue last February, and he's getting back into training. Uh, ben mentioned uh, Kai Wagner for Philly has been injured and has missed some time. We've got um, Ifra Alvarez for the Galaxy, who mm -hmm. picked up an ankle injury and expected to miss a few weeks. Um, New England is not talking about Carlos Gill, but he is he has not played at all during preseason. So read into that what you want. Um, it may just be precaution to not aggravate something. Uh, nobody really has any info to pass on. Um, FC Dallas has got three names directly on the list with Paxton Pomacall, Brandon Cervania, and Brian Acosta. I know uh, Pomacall and Acosta both played pretty significant minutes last year, so that could be bad. Now, they do. Uh, the MLS article does say they have a deep midfield, but uh, those are still some big-time playmakers for them. Uh, Acosta also had a me, which on the scale of recovery can kind of vary, right, because of what that was. So I wouldn't expect to see him week one, but, you know, yeah, it should be a quicker turnaround. Yeah. Um, and I just checked, I just checked MLS soccer, uh, the fantasy site, uh, and uh, we do have some yellow dots into the system right now. So a lot of these injuries should be indicated in the system right now. Yeah. And Nani's red dot. Yeah. Ronnie's read that, yeah. Um, Felipe Gutierrez uh, came out early. Um, unsure there, but with a couple of signings or one big signing this year, he may get rested just to not aggravate something. Nico Benize for Colorado is listed here, and Dom Dwyer is listed as week-to-week -week for Orlando. And on top of that, there was another one that came out after that article. Um, Danilo Acosta from Galaxy's Defense, um, ACL it um repair today uh out seven to nine months so that's another big one and um, we, same yeah yeah paul ariel is not listed but that news broke about a week ago and didn't look good and then while we're on it um ccl you have T you have atlanta playing tomorrow new york playing the next day along with montreal and then you've got lafc playing on thursday and again on sunday for their season opener oh seattle's also on thursday so you've got two teams right there playing back to back three days um which is for all which is helpful maybe yeah so <laughs> if you're if you're going in on la or seattle watch the rotation there um you i would assume both of these teams will throw out uh, full strength lineups against the CCL opponent mm -hmm. and you may see subs to start the season for fantasy. So just watch that closely. Cause I think that's going to be one that catches people that are not paying attention on Sunday. Yeah. I'll say for Seattle that our general manager openly said we're focusing on CCL. So there we go. There it is. Seattle player you might want to pick up this week. All right, before we move on to our player picks, uh, one last bit of information that I'm going to provide here. We mentioned the prizes for MLS, and uh, I'm just going to give you real quick. It's money. It's cash money. Maybe gift cards. I don't know how they're going to give it to you, but it's cash money. Uh, for they're going to be There's going to be a prize for the overall league winner. That's from weeks 1 through 32. And then this year, the, the season is divided up into four six-week chunks, I believe. 
and uh, that's going to get top 50 players from each of those chunks to have a 200-team Champions League at the end mm. of the season for weeks 24 through 32. And uh, they are also going to be eligible for the same uh, monetary value of prizes as the, the season-long winners are. So uh, first place, $1,500. Second place, $750. Third place, $500. Fourth, $300. Fifth through 10th, $200. 11th through 15th, $100. And 16th through 20th, 50 bucks. So top 20 players uh, overall and in the Champions League will be getting money as well as the top scoring team in each of the 26 official club leagues will all receive 100 bucks. So there's a lot of opportunities to win cash this year, which you should go right back around and spend on MLS swag. So I hope, I think that's the, the idea. So it's going to be fantastic. But now it's time to get to segment three of the show, the bread and butter of the show. If you weren't here to listen to Ben, you come for this part right here. And that is the top player targets for round one of the 2020 fantasy season. So uh, we're going to start out real quick with what you all think are your most promising games that people might have a shot at for some good some good points. So Ashley, let's start with you. Uh, I like a couple of games this week. Some are dependent on CCL, so my mm -hmm. natural instinct is to stay away from them. Um, but if for some reason some of these teams rotate for CCL, then I like them again. Um, I like DC at home against Colorado, season opener, home opener. Um, Ariola's injury doesn't really take me away from that. He's signed some really great um, additions in the offseason. I'm excited to see Gressel play there. Um, and I think Ola Kamara is, you know, I think that's a good game to, to pay attention to. Um, I also like Columbus Crew at home. Um, I'm kind of waiting to see if the crew looks like I think they're going to look or if they look like they looked the last two years. Um, but I like that home game. I'm really sorry, Reed, but I really like Red Bull and Cincinnati for not the reasons you might <laughs> want. Um, and then I also really like Portland at home against Minnesota. Um have really come in this year with kind of the aggressive take and stance. Um, obviously, I don't love them, but I like what they're doing for fantasy reasons. And I think that you'll see a, a more Providence Park of the past from them this year than we saw last year. I mean, Timbers at home used to be a lock for defensive play. Mm -hmm. um, and last season, not as much. But I think that Portland at home against Minnesota is, is one that I, I kind of like as well. So those are, my, those are my games that I like. I'm wavering for Atlanta, Nashville, and Revolution, Montreal. So... Blaine. Yeah, that's about the line I was thinking too. I love I on paper you think LA versus Miami and Seattle versus Chicago are gonna be huge, but you've got that CCL game three days ahead. So that's I'm throwing those out there as the trap. Um I I really think you have to be prepped with Vela in your lineup and be ready to switch to maybe Bradley Wright Phillips and tank a lot of money or something. You've got I think you I, I don't think you can miss it if Vela does choose to play, and this is one he showed last year he wants to play at all times. It's, he's not a guy that has in, embraced rotation much, and down the stretch when they had it in hand, he was really chasing the goal-scoring records, um, and he was pretty adamant about playing for those. So that gives me pause where I can't just say just pass on Vela because if he is playing, you have to have him in that lineup, but 
and the rest of the team's going to perform as well. So it's it's one of those games that I think you got coverage there, but watch some of your big names on that one. Um, the, the one I would add for a home team is I'm really liking the Columbus-New York matchup. I think with the new coach in New York and the way Columbus has gone through preseason, they have been lights out. Mm-hmm. Better than just taking advantage of good matchups. They have been firing on all cylinders to start preseason. And if that carries over at all, that could be a big blowout right there. Um, and then if you're if you're kind of looking at road teams because there aren't a ton of lopsided home matchups, I do like Atlanta at Nashville. And then sporting at Vancouver could be really good this week too. Mm-hmm. I agree. You guys are touching a lot of them. Ashley, I'm – I like Columbus. Uh, I maybe that's that's not something I'm supposed to say. Being a Cincinnati I fan, I, I mean they they've looked really solid. I like a lot of their. I mean they were one of my top teams, my my top tier teams during our East and West previews because I look at that Columbus team and I see what they're putting together and they have a solid forward option. They've got several solid midfield options. They have almost every one of the starting defenders is a guy that I would entertain having on my team, at least three of them. And uh, I'm not sure about their keeper, but I'm, I'm willing to see what he can do. And I, and I have uh, some hopes for him, but it's a team stack full of guys that I could see wanting in my, in my team. And so I have a lot of high hopes for Columbus. So for sure, for me, Columbus versus New York City FC as a home game for Columbus is one that I think has some good fantasy opportunity. I agree, DC has some great options there uh, just with some defense. Colorado could get some stuff going this season. I'm not sure if it's going to be out the gate traveling across the country to DC when that's going to happen. So I do like DC there myself. And don't worry, uh, I and Shannon, this is for you. Don't worry, I too think the New York Red Bulls have a positive matchup against uh, my FC Cincinnati. Uh, there's been some turmoil at the start of the season for us that I am not going to go into. And uh, I think we are still in that rebuilding stage, which New York, even with not having the most active of off seasons, does still have the pieces that could uh, be effective against FC Cincinnati at the beginning. So definitely look there. And I mean, I'm not LAFC, of course. I'm not throwing Seattle, though, out the window. Chicago is another rebuild. A weird logo so um that's something I, I look at it's it's mostly for me a lot of the sunday matches have a lot of great opportunity i think for points mm-hmm. specifically mm-hmm. we've had some questions uh bennett and some others in the chat about the uh, expansion teams and i'm just gonna say i agree with ben i don't know if we need to sleep on nashville they they may not get a huge score. They've got a, a solid core of good MLS defense back there. Atlanta mm-hmm. did not do as well as expected in CCL. They're going to have some tired legs potentially. That may not be an out-the-gate loss for, for Nashville. That could be Cincinnati-Portland yeah. all over again with the expansion getting getting a win at home uh, against an established MLS team. So it, yeah, it's probably Miami that's going to be the one that you're looking to bet against this week. Yeah, I wanted to jump in on that. I just I said it last week with the Eastern Conference preview. That's a lot of MLS experience that was brought into Nashville, especially with the trade of Walker Zimmerman. I mean, you've got Godoy covering there. And then I look at their forwards. Uh, and when you add Dominic Baji and David Akam to a team, you're almost giving out your strategy. And they're going to bunker and counter a little bit. They have got speed to where they can pack in behind the ball and let those two guys break. 
and I expect to see eight, nine, ten guys behind the ball most of their defensive stretches. I don't think this is going to be a repeat of Cincinnati. Sorry, Reed. I just I think they've built their team to play strong defense the first season, and not just get blown up. They may not score a ton of goals given this roster, but I think they're set not to get blown out in most of their games. Ben said with Miami is I don't know I don't know how they're gonna play and I feel like sometimes especially in MLS that can be dangerous when you have people you're not familiar with and you're not sure what this game plan is um it, it seems like they're kind of throwing everything together so my thing is to write them off but at the same time you know maybe not week one traveling to you know LAFC but I think they could surprise us yeah, and that's where, I, I know, Reed, you said you'd bet against them a little bit. I can't fully bet against Chicago at this point. Okay. Um, they've they've had a couple of last-minute signings. Um, Gaston Jimenez was announced today, 28-year-old designated player, holding midfielder, uh, mm-hmm. could really help cover that defense. It wasn't too bad at times last year. And then um, Lucas Toyanovic came in earlier this week as a young designated player. Um, so, I mean, that's two additions right there to the to this midfield along with Alceda Alceda uh, another Argentine 19 year old young guy coming in as a designated player I mean they've packed this midfield we they lost some players listed as mids but they've replaced a lot of these guys and I mean um, Alvaro Madran like there's a ton of new names here that have some pedigree behind it or young guys looking to make a make have a breakout year I can't fully bet against this team because the core has changed so much and on paper it looks a lot stronger than it was last year and they could come out and play just a very disruptive style or play or be more connected than they have been in the last couple of years it's going to be hard to bet against them until we see what's going on because they've had some good pieces and they've only improved their team I just want to see them on paper a lot like Miami. I want to see them on the field because on paper they look solid enough that I can't just outright bet against them. Well, we'll find out in round one. Perspective. I wouldn't pick Chicago, but I wouldn't load up on Seattle like they're going to walk all over them. There you go. A switcheroo option. Seattle is a solid switcheroo. We'll go with that. Uh, Let's get out of the team matchups. That was uh, great content. I hope everyone appreciated that. If you're just joining us, uh, we are getting ready to get into uh, the actual player recommendations for round one. So starting, as usual, keepers, defenders, and clean sheet chances, Blaine. Um, Yeah, so this week I'm going for guys that I know put up a lot of points. Uh, bonus points they're pretty steady i'm not look i'm not clean sheet hunting as much um week one's either really good defense or really really bad defense just depends on the year and kind of the whole league goes one way um right now i'm running a keeper i have got mcmath on the bench for orlando uh five million starting price um not sure what salt lake's gonna do he was one of those early games that i kind of liked and so i just threw him out there and if he doesn't work, I was planning on going with uh, Steve Clark in that last game against Minnesota. I think that's probably one of the better matchups to avoid some rotation. If I see or Seattle put out a full-strength lineup, that may become Fry. I really do like the way he's he plays for them. I think that's going to be a better bonus point option. 
but if not, I'll stick I'll stick with Clark. And then I'm going with um, Hollingshead, Awful, uh, Briant, and Segura as my four, with Briant on the bench playing that first game. But these guys were putting up bonus points last year. Um, Awful and Hollingshead do a lot offensively, and that's why I'm looking at them. Segura's just a solid player, really good average last year. I like that matchup. And you don't see the big defender rotations there. And then Briant's a goal-scoring threat on what I would consider to be the best defense to start the season in D.C. And so if you're going to get your clean sheet shot, I really do like D.C. for this one. I just think they're the strongest unit out there. And then depending on the injuries in Toronto, I would also throw San Jose out there as a potential clean sheet shout. Um, they play early enough that I could switch up some of my guys if I see it come out. But uh, Pablo Piatti's not playing. Um, if Josie still has an injury and isn't out there, that really brings Toronto back a little bit. And the man marking system in San Jose at home can definitely trip that team up. So that's those are pretty much the two clean sheet shouts I'm going to say. Um, rotate. I, I could throw Seattle and LA out there, but with the rotation risk, you just don't know. Yeah. Ashley. We're of similar thought, but different players. Um, <laughs> I am running uh, Bill Hamid as my bench keeper to see how he does. Um, and then I am starting Stefan Fry with that same contingency. How well does Bill Hamid play? Uh, keeper ruin if he, if he does well. Um, do you know once with Seattle's lineup coming out? If I don't like Bill Hamid, I'd consider throwing in Steve Clark. Uh, and then for defenders, I'm going Blackman. I just kind of like the wing backness of him. You know, is a tried and tested from last season. Uh, I also have Awful, I have Aaron Long starting as well. And then I'm starting Villafania right now. He is my most considered turn into a switcheroo player because they're the last game. Uh, and then I have Burnbaum over Briant on my bench. So I thought I was going to be sneaky, and I was. Uh, so you guys have named several of the players that I've looked at. Uh, I, I like Hamid as well. I'm also kind of interested in in Turner, and I can technically make that work. I don't know if I'll end up going with those two. That would be a very tight keeperoo to uh to work with but uh I, i'm interested in turner because i like some of the revolution defense i I've, i'm not sure about montreal decent showing in ccl uh i'm still not not quite sure about montreal so uh turner is someone that maybe he's if you're listening maybe that's a third tier keeper if you want to think of that he's he's still six million maybe a little bit more expensive um could be some cheaper options out there for you on defense, you mentioned several of the guys that, that I also like. Uh, I like Segura as well. I like Burnbaum right there. Uh, I like Hollingshead. Those are classic guys from, from last year who all have great scoring pedigrees. And I just noticed in chat right now, Jack is the man who has mentioned my little sleeper pick that I'm sharing right now. I love Columbus's defense. So many Fantastic options there with Awful and Mensa, and uh, you got Hoberry who's there on, as some depth. But I like Valenzuela. Jack mentioned it. That's what I've got on my team right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Valenzuela had several injuries last year. He, I think he was a young DP, at least when he came into the league. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think that was right. Uh, but he's got some, some great offensive potential on the left side of the field, and I think Awful is going to be one of the... Uh, go-to picks. Awful and Mensa are probably two of the go-to picks 
for the beginning of the season, and I don't know if uh, Valenzuela will be as targeted, maybe more so now after mentioning him. So that's my little sleeper <laughs> pick on defense uh, right there. Other than that, I think you guys named a lot of them. I could see Aaron Long was somebody who I threw around right there. Um, I'm, I'm not sure about that Portland-Minnesota game. I, I love the defense that Minnesota has as options. Uh, I just I just don't know. Portland was kind of weird last year, kind of in the middle of the pack, so something could sneak in at home. Um, they might not. That could be an away clean sheet shot right there. Uh, I'm not really liking a lot of the away chances except for maybe New England with this week um, with, again, that CCL rotation going on right there. Uh, biggest thing about defense I'll end with that I got I wrote the uh, top 10 keepers and top 20 defenders articles over at MLSsoccer.com and I got some flack for all those which is awesome I like that you guys read them <laughs> and uh, I, the big thing I heard a lot was why didn't I have RSL in some of these rankings and that's simply because Ramondo's gone they've had some changeups right there and uh, it's starting on the road in yeah. Orlando and a lot of the other guys I just like better. So maybe some of the I had two Colorado guys and people were were putting some bias on me. I I don't know why, but um, <laughs> perhaps they could be on that same plane. Maybe I should have put like Glad in in that mix. It would be mm -hmm. still near the bottom of a top twenty, which I don't know if you're going to get to right there. A lot of those players, I tried to find a balance of value to potential bonus point production that they had going on. That wasn't always a strong suit of of RSL. Mm -hmm. So, let's move on to midfielders now. Uh, normally, Mike starts this one out for us. So, uh, Blaine, let's let you do it. Okay. Um, yeah, midfield uh, this week. Um, Ladero was pretty high on my list, but that yellow dot's got me scared a little bit. Mm -hmm. And with rotation, because I didn't see it, I'm probably going to end up dumping him out. But I've got Zellerion from uh, Columbus. Um, really like that matchup this week. Again, um, Atuesta for LAFC. I'm not thinking he'll rotate much. He tends to play most of the time. And then I've got Gressel on the bench since he plays in game one. Um, he tore it up with Atlanta, and I think he's going to tear it up with DC this year. And so I, I just I think that's too good of a too good of a spot too early in the season, too early in the week. You can't really pass on him. And then beyond that, I was struggling to find a bunch of guys. Um, I really think if I dump Ladero right now, I'd probably grab Johnny Russell and see what he can do against uh, Vancouver on the road. I mean, I just, I'm not liking everything I'm seeing. Um, Valerian Blanco are good shouts for home matchups. Those would probably be the home guys I would look at this week. Um, and maybe tighter if New England has a few more injuries than are currently listed. I've heard some rumor that they may have four or five guys that are carrying knocks and may or may not be ready to go. So those are the guys. I'm, uh, I know one of the big question marks is going to be Pozuelo, and I am not looking at him on the road to start it, not with the potential for Josie being out. He's kind of suffered a little bit without Josie. And I just can't do it. And that's going to be probably the glaring omission from my lineup this week. Ashley. Uh, again, so similar. I uh, I have Zillarion and Gressel on my bench. I agree. I like those early games. I like the home matchup. Uh, I have Kaku starting for me. I, I always kind of stay away from Rebel midfield and forwards. It's kind of hard to pick who, Royer, Kaku. Um, 
but I'm just kind of rolling the dice with him this week, kind of for budget reasons, but not really. I, he just stands out to me a little bit more. Um, he takes the corners. Uh, he takes more free kicks. Uh, I am starting Diego Valeri just because I do like Portland in that first home matchup. Uh, and then I am very tentatively doing a super homer pick and starting uh, Drell Powell. A lot of mm. this comes from watching my own CCL game because if we keep, if Seattle keeps the lineup that I think they will and Nico doesn't start, if Nico starts, I'll slot him in. But if Nico doesn't start, like it seems like he won't, they're playing Joao Paulo in the same position as Lodero, and he looks fantastic with Morris and Rui Diaz. Um, he's playing as a 10 when he goes out, uh, and he'll play as a 6 and 10. So I really like him to pick up a lot of those bonus points that Nico tends to pick up. Uh, he scored in the sixth minute in CCL. I think he's a good um, offensive threat, which is something Sounders fans didn't buy into. When got him. Um, on that injury, uh, I'd like to start Nico, but might start John Paolo instead. Or he's my clear scrub opportunity if Zilla Ryan or Gressel hit. Uh, yeah, I like Zilla Ryan as well. Uh, it was a toss-up between Santos and uh, Zilla Ryan. I see that Josh and Chad had that same question. Um, for me, it just comes down to the middle of the field. Santos mm-hmm. did really well last year when he stepped in for Higuain and was running around in the middle. He's been shifted out to the left side now, and so I I want to go for that more playmaker in the middle. And so uh, 0.5 more with the budgets that we have, not a big deal, I think. So I think Zella Ryan is a good shot. Santos could be a differential, though, if you want to go mm-hmm. that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh I also like Atuesta. You guys mentioned a good, good one there. Gressel is another one that I'm interested in. I saw uh, Katai mentioned by Shannon in uh, chat, and that's an interesting one indeed. Uh, was not on my radar at first, but I might revisit that with his new new system. But I I have Royer. We mentioned, You guys mentioned Kaku. Uh, Ashley, you hit the hit nail on the head for the big question mark about New York Red Bulls, and that's who is going to get the points. And that's a horrible <laughs> trait for fantasy. We see so many things. This is this is the big takeaway. This is the big takeaway I have for the articles when people write back and forth. Sometimes I share it. It's there is a difference between a good player and a good fantasy player. And oftentimes they overlap, but sometimes they don't. And the Red Bulls can be a great example of that, of where they have so many good players that the fantasy points get spread and it's hard to find the guy who's going to actually be reliable to give you those points or I mean from the goals from the assist or from the bonus points in particular that can be difficult so while a guy can be a great player he's not always the best fantasy option so for me a Red Bulls midfielder is someone who I think is going to be a good switcheroo option on your bench to find out what's going to work best for you. And I think that can easily be done with New York because they play at 1. They should be ending around 3 o'clock, and so you still have Seattle, L.A., and Portland right there where you can pull some really top-quality midfielders from, maybe even double up if you're waiting until then. Uh, My last player that I have, you guys mentioned Valeri. Valeri is a great bonus point machine. A little rough last season here or there, start and stopped. So right now I'm thinking Blanco over Valeri. He's the one that got some of the love this year. Uh, He and Valeri have very close point productions if you look at them over the last few seasons. Um, So depending on what's going on, Blanco could be a guy that uh, does well 
in round one. Again, I have some reservations about Portland, so I could easily revisit that. Mm-hmm. But I think Blanco is one to take you a look at. You guys have gone Yimmy Chara? No one? Perhaps <laughs> not... Not the new Chara. <laughs> Not the new Chara. There's so many Charas to choose from. Uh, the big question that's up in the air, though, is Atlanta. And I, in my first draft of my team, I had Barco in my team. I did not go uh, with Pity. I was looking at Barco. I don't remember why. That's That's been like six or seven teams ago, so I'm sorry. I don't remember why I originally went with Barco. It might have actually been Price. I've had a couple of teams where I broke the budget, so that was, <laughs> that was fun. But uh, the question I have, and Patrick, you've mentioned this, in in a chat from what I've seen in preseason, Barco and Pity, Pity are good choices, but with CCL going in, I'm avoiding exactly what I think. Mm-hmm. With CCL, I am not sure about the Atlanta options. I do have an Atlanta forward right now, but I'm unsure about that as well, so we'll get to more of that in just a second. Well, I guess we'll get to it right now. It's It's been about a second, so let's <laughs> let's talk forwards. Okay. Uh, all right, let's... Uh, Let's start with you, Ashley. Forwards. Uh, I want five, but it five? keeps telling well. me I can only have well, maybe just more than three. I keep kind of going back and forth with a couple. I have Carlos Vela because, you know, like like Ben said earlier, if he's playing, he's starting for me, um, especially against Miami uh, at home. Right now, I also have Pavone. He's looked good preseason. Uh, I think Houston's defense, even at home is a little skeptical. Uh, I could be very wrong there that he's kind of my big gamble up front, uh, but I like him right now. I have followed Chicharito for a long time, and I went back and forth between the two of them, but generally I'm not going to pick up Chicharito on week one when I don't know if he can score here. Uh, and LA is kind of the team in a way that Fair. Chicharito's not Zlatan. They're not building that team to only let Chicharito score like only Zlatan scored. So... I, I see them playing a little differently with their playmakers, and I liked how Pavone looked in some of the preseason stuff I saw. Uh, so right now I have him that could change by the weekend. Uh, and then I also have Yosef. I just think he looks, you know, like in, in CCL, he looked like he did last year. I, I like them at Nashville. His position could also, for me, depend on how their CCL goes, who they travel to, to Nashville, who starts there. Um, and depending on that, what time is that game? Maybe I can't. Um, I am in Jossie. So depending on how that Atlanta lineup looks, I might end up swapping Yosef for Jossie. Uh, I know that Blaine and I have talked about that before. Um, I think this is going to be a big year for him. Obviously, I won't steal from you, Blaine, because so do you. <laughs> but he must have for me this week but he's the fourth forward i would start if i could start four forwards blank yeah apparently i'm just the biggest jossie's artist fanboy when it comes to mls play at this point i may have made i may have made a few tweets about it and i may have uh, (laughs) drafted him in the first round of my draft league so yeah um i think zardes is coming in for me this week i do like this matchup at home um new coach in new york city i just you I, I like the way this is shaping up. Um, I know it's a lot of the same returning guys, but I don't know, Valenzuela and awful back in the lineup and healthy. Like I just have good feelings for the offensive potential for this Columbus team. And if they're crossing the ball, it's going to be Zardes there. Um, who cares if he doesn't have a first touch, even a bad first touch at a wide open net can go in about half the time. So 
I mean, I had somebody complain to me today. I said, said, oh, 25, you think he's going to have 25 goals this year? You're crazy. I'm like, well, he should probably have 40, but that first touch is going to knock him down to 25. <laughs> like, I, I just, I, the way the team shaped up around him, I really do like him. Um, I've got one spot reserved for Vela. If he plays, he has to be in your lineup this week. If not, um, I'm going to see who they start. Um, it was mentioned in chat, Bradley Wright Phillips had hernia surgery this week. So he is out four to six weeks. Um, so, yeah, you don't have that option there. So now we're looking at whoever they put in it forward. Uh, maybe Rossi gets to start up top. Um, maybe they do something a little different. Diamande may be ready to go, but I thought he wasn't going to be ready to start the season. So um, we will see what happens there. But you've got the Portland game there. Um, I know Minnesota got – I think they signed a new forward this year, which – which you could you could switch into like as an emergency um portland also got a brand new forward see who starts there i'm not sure but i mean if you don't like what lafc has at that that later time slot you can switch into the portland one but if vela plays you have to have that spot reserved and just assume if vela doesn't play everybody's going to be making the same scramble you are going to play. <laughs> so you're 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 not losing any points that anybody else isn't losing at that point. Just don't take the zero um, or have a guy on your bench that plays earlier. Like I do in Ola Kamara, who is my third one. Um, if I leave him on the bench and Vela doesn't play, I'll get his score regardless. Yeah. Um, it's just, that's just the way this game goes. Uh, put somebody on your bench to fill in. If you do run three forwards, make sure you got a midfielder that can fill in for Vela. Don't take a zero there, but go with that. But no, I like, I like that first game. I loaded heavily on three DC players on my bench because I want to see their scores. Going to switch a roof fully on that. But I do like the way Ola Kamara has been playing. I think he got a brace in his last preseason game. Um, I'm really high on him this year. I want to see what he can do with the full season. And with Gressel powering it, like everybody's talking, um, uh, Joseph, uh, he lost Almiron and he kept going, but now he's lost Gressel. Uh, Pity was not the strongest player most of last year. Um, at some point, you're going to find out that Martinez can't do it all by himself and who's feeding him the ball. Um, Gressel was a huge part of that offense last year. I'm not going to say Joseph is a bad player or somebody to avoid, but that it, on the road against a Nashville team that I don't think is as weak as everybody's kind of anticipating them to be, I want to see what Atlanta's going to do before I just full bore behind Joseph every game like, I, like we always used to. Um, I don't think... He, I just don't think he's going to be the goal of game guy that we've come to know without Gressel and without Almiron now. Like this is just, that's too much loss. So that's why he's not there. I'm going to go with a little bit safer options and take the home players and gamble a little bit with Bella and hope he starts. Yeah. You guys nailed everything. Uh, Blaine, you covered a lot of the options there. Uh, Pavone, Zardes, Vela, uh, Kamara, Joseph, you guys have hit a lot of the people to look at. Uh, the chat was going on more about Bo. I guess I hadn't paid as much attention to Bo's uh, preseason as I had some of the other players. Uh, I didn't realize it was as good, and I was really mostly concerned about the Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Mr. Hyde New England that we could get. So I think Bo, yeah, is definitely... Thank you, chat, for mentioning mm -hmm. that as well. Uh, and I hadn't considered Katai because mostly I was just mourning Pavone being a forward now and not a midfielder, which would have been amazing. <laughs> Amazing. But, no, you guys, uh, I think I've covered a lot of good options for everyone to listen there. Uh, you you may have, have swung me over to Zardes 
Blaine, maybe I'll just do something crazy with like Zardes, Ola, and Vela, and just not even do LA right here. So, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um. One. I'll add one thing on the LA thing. I'm kind of on Team Pavone right now. I think he's going to get the better scores to start with over Chicharito. Um, I know there's Probably. been a lot of back. There's been a lot of back and forth, and I think in I, I help moderate three draft leagues and play in one of those. I think Pavone was taken first in two of those those three. Fair. Yeah. So it just, but that could easily switch. Um, that center mid or that center forward spot for Chicharito could be huge. It just may take him a little bit to adjust. I don't know there. So that's one of the reasons why I'm not going with this game first is I want to see one game and how they play before I pick one of those sure. because I don't want to take Chicharito and get a three and have Pavone get a 12, <laughs> but I don't want to take Pavone to get a three and have Chicharito get a 12. Like, I just I can't do that on week one. All right, well, let's go to the captains right now and see who you are looking at at being your double point man, Ashley. I was literally about to say, please don't pick me first. No, well, Blaine. <laughs> Blaine, after you. Uh, um, this, so captains this week are really rough. I mean, obviously, if Vela's playing, you want Vela to be your captain. But if Vela doesn't play, I have nobody from those other games except for Steve Clark as the keeper who may not even be in there. Um, yeah, it's... That makes it really tough. I'm tempted to just go 100% fanboy and put it on Zardes and roll with it for week one just because it's, I've talked him up so much. I'm either I'm going to live or die by it. <laughs> you and have I might to. As well. You have yeah, to. Yeah, I kind of have to. Like, uh, But no, I mean, if it, it's going to make me rethink a lot of things. I may actually have to completely restructure a little bit and grab Blanco or Valeri and throw him in there for Ladero. And then I can roll with Bella as my captain and easily switch it over to one of those two guys who I trust. But yeah, that's tough. I, I'm I'm torn between Vela and an emergency switch to uh, Portland midfielder or Zardes at this point. Okay, Ashley, enough time to think. Yeah, I mean, I've been it'll it'll change by Sunday or by Saturday. But I, I've been doing the same thing. My instinct is Vela. My my first team had Nico, and then all this stuff came out, and then I decided not to even have him. Um, a lot of it for me just depends on on lineups. I actually do really like uh yosef still and and i think nashville will be defensive but depending on how their ccl game goes and then what their lineup looks like i still think you just can't bet against yosef martinez in a home opener um so i go back and forth between yosef and then vela but like lane said i don't want a captain diego valeri if, if vela is on the bench or no one's starting around him so for me, it's Vela impulsively, um, but I'm also considering mm-hmm. one of my DC players just to kind of get that captain out of the way um, because that's <laughs> the game I like the best, but it's not fair. necessarily the players I like the best. So That's fair. Uh, I, I think that is going to be the hardest decision uh, this week is who the captain because that Vela question is so, so looming for for fantasy players and we say this right now but watch everyone's gonna go vela he's not gonna play everyone's gonna pivot to valeri and valeri's gonna get like a double hat trick is what's gonna happen so he's gonna completely blow out minnesota it's gonna be a freak thing it won't happen um right now i have the captain on vela because he is in my team uh because i'm still thinking through that same process 
myself. Uh, I'm hoping to see what happens with um, the information coming out over the next few days and with some more CCL information and to see what I think is going to go from there. Uh, if not, I think Columbus would probably be my pivot team to move over to, to Zardes. I am equally worried about going with Ola if I would bring him into my team as a captain to give him the armband just because it is the first game. And for you, Ashley, you say it's like, it's it, that's it, it's over for me. It's like, that's it, it's blown. And <laughs> that's, that's so much stress for me to be like, well, it's done, blew that captain pick. So uh, it's hard for me to go with, with that one, especially since Colorado has some defensive chops. So uh, I don't think there'll be necessarily a, a pushover Though I do really like that game because that is a heck of a lot of travel for, for them to do at the beginning of the season right there. So right now for me, it's it's Vela with a potential pivot over to uh, Zardes. Though if I do go with Pavone, he might be a pivot option as well. I just I just don't like captaining an away player. That's, that's the one yeah. thing. So that's what's tough for me. Uh, over in chat, let's see. Uh, we have a lot of people going through the same process we are with Vela, but they're stuck at the end. We have uh, Zardes as the captain here as well. Uh, I like this from Shannon. ACP 2020. Always Captain Pavone 2020. <laughs> okay. So uh, I see where, where her mind is. And that can be a great differential. I mean, that's, that's the greatest part. It doesn't affect us this round. But when the double game weeks mm -hmm. come, with that change of double game week to only getting the highest points from one of the two games that's all you get is your highest points from your two game i think that makes away players more viable more viable especially if they have a great matchup and after a few games in the season you start seeing who's weak and you see that uh, zardes has figured out his first touch and they're destroying it and they're playing cincinnati on the road and bam you want that game there it is. You get that. Or some defenses in tatters, and you really like how Vela is playing. And so you're like, yeah, Vela on the road, give me that captain. I don't care. So I think that's what's going to be awesome with this double game week shift is it going to make those picks a lot easier to make, even though there's just part of me that is screaming, why in the world, Reed, would you ever pick an away player? So <laughs> that's just how I'm built. How I'm built. Uh, that's all that we have for captain picks. Uh, any other players you all want to mention before we wrap things up? I have one. It's another Homer one, so sorry. Uh, there was a lot of speculation. Brad Smith, when healthy, was a great defender pick for for people in fantasy last year, and he was a great player to have for Seattle. Um, and there was a lot of speculation about who would fill that spot for them this year. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be new who, which, oh. you know really came he was on a lot of people's teams towards the end of the year as a budget option yeah um, and he came through every, every once in a while not a big shutout team but new for me maybe just because i have the inside knowledge of the, the team is a real kind of sneaky budget pick because it looks as though he will start most games at 4.5 and mm. he gets up the field um and contributes offensively settles not a great shutout team the last couple seasons even though fry's so solid but um not this week <laughs> but in general that's someone i would keep my eye on as kind of a sneaky defensive pick as people start to go up in price uh jack had a good question which is a great one mm -hmm. to end on i called for final questions in chat and jack wants to know who are some of the non-playing players to use for switcheroos 
that have late matches. So, unfortunately, I for for defense because as I said at the beginning of the show, I like to look at defenders as my uh, 4.0 options for going with switcheroos. And unfortunately, both Portland and Minnesota do not have, and I'm going to verify this in the game right now, uh, do not have 4 million options at defender. So so that makes it a bit tough to go there. Bodily is a midfielder for Portland that doesn't have a a face. Um, (laughs) Is new. With who they sign in their midfield, I'd be shocked if he even makes the 18... Right. Um, it's not 4.0, and it's not in defense, but um, that's someone that I had mentioned today looking at for a, for a scrub. Um, yeah, 4.5 is good. I mean, with, with the 125 budget that we have, you don't necessarily have to focus on the, the 4.0 players. It does get you the, the most shift out there. Um, I believe Aisha, Aisha, how do you say his name, from Minnesota? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think he's starting for them. Yeah, he had some yeah. rough times with injuries, I think, last year. Yeah, and he's 4-5. Well. Yeah, so you got a couple 4-5s right there. Otherwise, if you move up into the next game, LAFC against Inter-Miami, then mm-hmm. uh, Inter-Miami does have a 4.0 defender who I don't think will start. How do you know? Um, <laughs> I don't. No, I don't. That's, that's the problem. Uh, I don't. So I think you're going to look for Inter-Miami could be a source of switcheroos. If you're looking right there, and then uh, with with LAFC, you you do have a, a true 4.0 mid that you could look at, and then you have some other 4.5 players right there. So I think you could have some options between the last four teams that you could use for switcheroos, uh, as long as you can swing a 4.5, which likely you can. Yeah, that's um, you can really bank on the last two games. You should have all your switches pretty well done and know you're going to the other team by that second to last game. Um, one thing at the start of the season, especially with the Miami changes and everything, double check your switcheroo candidates. Mm-hmm. Double check your scrubs. Um, the, I've, uh, it's not something we say often on this show, but with teams, and I started looking at them, um, I can't pick any of even the 4.5 to 5.0 guys from my or from Minnesota or Portland safely because they've all gotten pretty steady MLS minutes at times. Aha has had some injuries, but Aha has been a starting caliber player. Yeah. Now it was with Orlando, but still, I mean, if if an injury happens, these guys can sub in. These are these are not unknown guys. These are not uh, development guys who are on the roster because they're on the roster like Sporting has with Tyler Freeman. He's on the roster because we signed him to a senior deal, but he's never made the 18 as far as I know right. in an MLS game. These are guys that you can – that will make the 18 at times this season double check your scrubs the last thing you want to do is have a scrub get in even if you have to spend a little bit more money or swap them out at the last second find the guy who's not in the 18 and switch him in at the end don't take a one point score that knocks out one of your big bench options i've had that happen to me before because i failed to check that and so just start of the season just housekeeping double check your switcheroo candidates and also make sure you check. You can only have three players from a team uh, in your lineup. So if you are looking at uh, someone like Portland to make up for some of the <clears throat> options, uh, if, you, if you're going with Valeri or Blanco or you need to make up for something with Vela, then you might just want to make sure you don't hit that cap, which shouldn't be a problem. But, yeah, those last four teams, I think, Jack, you could e- easily find guys that you can use as good switcheroo candidates. So, And we talked about keepers earlier on. 
you, we can, you can make that work out with some actual guys who play. All right, well, thank you so much, everyone, for those questions. I hope uh, this has been a good information for, for many of us, for many of you, the first season, maybe, and for many of us, our first returning game of 2020. Got that out the right way I wanted to. Uh, we're going to wrap everything up uh, with our plugs section here. Again, uh, please check out patreon.com to see how you can support our podcast and uh, how you can be able to win some prizes and get some great swag from the MLS Fantasy Insider team. Uh, last year, I snuck in a little special gift to people of a picture of Mike and Blaine and myself doing one of these live broadcasts here. And maybe I'll try to get them to sign something this year. So maybe I'll have a little sneaky special gift again this year but that'll be out there uh check out some of the articles over at mls fantasy boss we have a lot of team previews out from a fantasy perspective and i'm going to start getting some of my charts and information out there as well this year so check out mlsfantasyboss.com the subreddit r slash fantasy mls the discord channel you can find the links to that over in uh, the fantasy page so uh Lots of good information. Uh, Skyler and I are again writing articles for MLSsoccer.com this year. Skyler is doing his weekly rankings, and I'm going to be doing a special article during the double game weeks to help you find some of those players that you can pivot to if you miss a double game week or if you want to take advantage of this new pricing system or that we have or point system that we have with double game week teams. So keep an eye out for those as the season goes. So that's all I have. Blaine, what about you? Um. No plugs, really. I just want to say another big thank you to the community. You guys are the reason why we do this, and I'm so glad to be starting. And I'm loving all the chat participation to start the season off. This is wonderful. I mean, I've, I've always enjoyed podcasting, but with you guys out there talking back with us every night, that's awesome. I love it. This is one of the highlights of my week every week is coming on here and getting to interact with everybody. And Ashley, take us home. Yeah, uh, please, please come check out Switch the Pitch, formerly MLS Female. Um, as of last year, less than 20% of sports media was covered by women, and we're trying to do our best to change that. Um, we're putting out a lot of good articles. Follow us on Twitter. Um, and like I said, please give them a follow to check out what I'm attempting to follow in your footsteps. Read and try to put out <laughs> some uh, MLS fantasy tips for people. Um, not just, you know, women fantasy players, but anyone who wants to follow Switch the Pitch. Um, and, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. This is always – I don't get to do it every week, but every time I'm on, this is always so much fun, and I appreciate you having me back. Yeah, our pleasure to have you. All right, thank you very much, everyone, and good luck. <laughs>